0: very bitter for me i went away full but the lord has brought me home empty why call me naomi when the lord has caused me to suffer and the almighty has sent such tragedy upon me so naomi returned from moab accompanied by her daughter-in-law ruth the young moabite woman they arrived in bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest C.S. Lewis went through one of the hardest things any person has to go through. and Many of you, sadly, understand that pain. It was around 1960 or so that he lost his wife, Joy, the love of his life. And though he was a Christian and a theologian and he wrote Mere Christianity, which is arguably one of the most important books ever written, he struggled with his grief struggled with doubt struggled with pain and how to process it and so he wrote a book called a grief observed in it he talks about how do we relate to God in pain and in the midst of this book he says this meanwhile where is God when you are happy so happy that you have no sense of needing him if you turn to him then with praise you will be welcomed with open arms but go to him when you, your need is desperate, when all other help is vain, and what do you find? A door slammed in your face and a sound of bolting and double bolting on the inside. After that silence, you may as well turn away. I have a collection of C.S. Lewis books that I have in my bookshelf in my office. I've read Mere Christianity, and there's uh, another book, The Screwtape Letters that I've read, and, but a grief observed sat on my bookshelf unopened until a few years ago when my stepdad was killed in a motorcycle accident I grabbed the book off my shelf spent some time on my front porch and I started to read it and I started to weep not just at the loss of my stepdad but at the reality of these words because they felt so true you know I'm a pastor for a living I get to praise God and get paid for it (laughs) And it feels like God is always there and man, I just love what I do and I love worshiping the Lord and then when I really go to him and I need him the most, it felt like he was not there. And if he was on the other side of the door, he was not answering. He was silent. It's exactly how Naomi felt. Naomi lost not just a husband. That had been hard enough, but she lost two sons. She's moving back to her hometown and she's hurting and in pain and lonely and she is angry with God she is frustrated she doesn't understand why he would allow this to happen to her and that's why she says in Ruth 1:13: things are far more better bitter for me than for you because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me Or in Ruth through 21 don't call me Naomi, she responded and said, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? Naomi's name in Hebrew means sweetness. But when she returned home, she said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, which in Hebrew means bitterness. For bitterness reflected what was happening inside of her. She was angry and bitter towards God. And when you read that, you're thinking, man, Naomi, she's she's probably going to walk away from her faith. She's doubting God and she wants to give up on God. And it's so easy to read it through that lens. But what if I told you that it's actually the opposite? That Naomi is expressing a deep faith in God like never before. You see, the Bible calls what Naomi is doing here, biblical lament. And it's not a topic that we often talk about, but it's something that we need to talk about because lament happens when we are in pain, and all of us face pain sometimes in our life. Oftentimes more than we want to experience it. And how we process that will be telling in how we view God. And so what we want to do is use Naomi's story as a blueprint in how we want to lament and deal with our pain in life. And so I want to ask three questions based on Naomi's story in Ruth 1:8 through 22. What is lament? Why in the world should we lament to God in the first place? And then how do we lament to God in a way that helps other people? So first is, what is lament? How do we we know what this is? And I want to make sure we understand it before we talk about why we should do it and how we should do it. You see, Mark Vergope says it this way. He says, lament is how you live between the poles of a hard life and trusting in God's Sovereignty. Lament is how we bring our sorrow to God. Now Mark is way more smarter than me, so I had to put it in terms that I could understand. If I had to define lament for us today, it would be this. It's the messy tension of living between our troubles and our trust. It's the messiness of faith between how we express our troubles to God and then expressing that in how we trust Him. What I love about God is he invites us to be our real and authentic self. He does not want us to put on a mask. He does not want to tell us what we think he wants us to say. He wants us to come to him in our brokenness and express it. Whether we're angry, whether we're questioning, whether we're sad, whether we're crying, we bring it all to God. We bring our troubles to him. Now, if you grow up in a church or a home that thinks to themselves, if I question God or i God, it's irreverent to do so. Let me tell you, it's actually the opposite. It's actually reverent because you are being your authentic self and you are trusting in God that He will hear you and that He cares about you and that you're willing to believe His promises. You see, when you and I can just... I, I told Paul when I go home, I just want to put on my sweatpants. You know, like I just want to just be myself, you know, and putting sweatpants just lets me be free, I guess. When you have someone in your life that you can do that with, where you can just be yourself, and you can take off your mask, you don't have to care about what you say, it is so nice to have somebody like that, you trust that person, to tell that person everything, and they're not going to measure your words, they're not going to hold things against you, they just want you to be you. And when you find someone like that, you want to express yourself to them because you trust them. You can be yourself, and so too it is with God. God wants us to put our sweatpants on. He wants us to be ourselves, and when we are, we're saying, God, I trust you. You're a safe haven to me. I believe what you're saying, even though it's really hard to do so right now. That's why it's this tension of living between troubles and trust, and what I love about the psalms in the Bible is that it captures both. Did you know over a quarter of the psalms in the Bible are lament psalms? There are 42 psalms where the psalmist is just going nuts. Like, how could you do this, God? I'm so angry with you. I would rather die. I mean, they're hurting so badly. One of my favorite psalms that expresses lament as best as any psalm can, is Psalm 77. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 77 just for a few moments. If not, write it in the margin of your notes or put it in your phone to go back to because it is so important. This is the psalm that you go to when you're in pain. I want you to remember, Eric said to go to Psalm 77. That is such a good psalm. Because look what the psalmist says in the first part. He says, I cry out to God, yes, I shout, oh, that the Lord would hear me and listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted towards heaven. My soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. This is a godly person saying this. A godly person who's up all night worshiping and praying and seeking and asking, and God is nowhere to be found. And yet, you know what's interesting? They express themselves to God in this way. But what happens? The psalmist starts to remember, no, I can trust him. I can believe him. I remember how good he is and I can bring my troubles to him because I know I can trust him and put my faith in him. Because later in Psalm 77, in verse 11 and 12, the psalmist says this, but then I recall all that you've done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. This is both bringing our troubles to God, but then saying, but I trust you. I believe you. I remember what you've done for me. I remember how faithful you are, and I'm going to bring my troubles to you. I'm going to lay them at your feet and trust you with the result." A great book that I suggest to read if you're going through pain is Philip Yancey's Where Is God When It Hurts? In that book he quotes another author and he says this, Don't forget in the dark what you learned in the light. Don't forget in the dark what you learned in the light. What he's saying is when it's dark, it's easy to forget that God is good. But when it's dark, we have to remember, even though I can bring my troubles to him, even though I'm in this pain, I remember I can trust him. He is trustworthy. He has shown me his faithfulness, especially when life isn't hard, and I can trust him when life is hard. It's the tension. It's the messy tension between troubles and trust. If you ever hear a pastor say, oh, just believe everything's gonna be okay, don't trust that pastor. Because faith isn't a straight line. Faith is hard. Faith is messy. Faith is hard. But it's good because we have a trustworthy God. It may not come out as the results you want. The person may still die. The circumstances may not be changed. You may not get your job back, but we can guarantee know that we can trust him with our troubles. It brings me to this question, then why should we lament to God at all? And what I mean by that is it is so easy for you and I to do the very opposite. To be able to go to one side or the other of this both and tension of bringing our troubles to God, but also trusting him. And if we don't do both, we will miss out on God and seeing him in the midst of our pain. For instance, I know somebody who they had a uncle and a cousin die. And they were angry with God. But they never took that anger to God and remember that he could be trusted with it. And because he forgot that he could trust God, God in the midst of his anger he walked away from the faith in fact he told his family this all of you ran towards God but I ran away from God if you can be angry and you can express yourself but you don't do that to God then there's a chance that you will walk away Because you never brought that pain to Him. He never helped you make sense of it. You forgot that you can truly trust Him with it. So you can't just feel troubles and not bring it to God. But the other way is true too. Sometimes we trust God and amen and everything's okay, but then we forgot to be real with Him. And that can lead to a whole host of problems. If we don't truly Be honest and real with him. We'll never really have intimacy with God because we're always gonna be fake with him and say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, but we're never being honest with him so he could comfort us and really show us how faithful he is when we are crying out to him in pain and in anger and in frustration with him. You can't just have one or the other. You must have both. It's like when you're flying on a plane. Don't you want both wings to be on the plane? If not, we should have a talk afterwards, okay? (laughs) Like, you need to have both both wings of a plane in order for your plane to get off the ground. And so too must you have both the troubles part and the trust part for your faith to get off the ground, especially in pain. Because if you go one side or another, you will always suffer with not truly having a full sense of who God is and how he wants you to process this through this gift of lament that he's giving you. And I wonder if we're missing out on that. See, Naomi didn't. She did both. And so what I want to do for the next few months, I want to bring back verses 20 and 21 to you. And I want you, while thinking of, okay, lament is the messy tension of troubles and trust. I want you to see how Naomi trusts God. And it is very, very hard to see it. And I will help you see it if you don't see it right away. So here it is again. What happens? Naomi says, don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought him home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? Do you see both? Her bringing her troubles to God and also trusting in God. Well, I guarantee you, you definitely see her being honest with her pain, bringing her troubles to God. I mean, she's literally saying this to God. Look, I had the perfect life. I had a great husband. I had two great sons. We were content, and you ripped them away from me. How dare you? How could you do this to me? I've been faithful to you, and you are not being faithful to me. She is very honest and raw, and I love it. Because in her rawness, she brings those things to God and trusts Him. How do I know? Two times in this passage alone, she directs these things to the Almighty. That Almighty English word is actually the Hebrew word that means Shaddai. And Shaddai literally means this. It refers to a mountain in its qualitative sense of possessing durability, solidity, and trustworthiness. So when she is crying out to God and saying, you've done this to me, you caused this to happen, but she also says, but I trust you, El Shaddai. Though everything is being taken away from me, I know I can uh, stand on your promises. I believe you. You've shown up in the past and I know you'll show up again. It's really, really hard, but I trust you because you are El Shaddai. You're the only trustworthy, solid thing that I can stand on when I'm going through this pain. She could have vented to her daughters in law. She would have gotten angry with the community. She is taking these to God Himself, knowing that she can trust Him in the midst of her pain. The messy tension between the troubles that we face and bringing them to God and knowing that He is El Shaddai, that He is solid. That he is trustworthy. That we can believe that he has a plan, even though we can't see it. But I'm going to be honest with you. This kind of faith is not just made on Sundays. Or when we just pray before a meal. Or we want to look up a Bible verse on Google that helps us out for that day. No, 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 no. This kind of faith that Naomi has is a result of faithful obedience every single day and making God the center of her life. Of allowing God to speak to her. Of allowing God to be the center of her life so she she is obsessed with him. It's the only way that you can remember what you were taught in the darkness. It's the only way. You can't lament and have this kind of faith if you're messing around with God. You and I need to be in prayer every day. Not just before a meal. Prayer needs to be our life. We read the scriptures every day because we need to know God and hear what he has to say. So often I see people interpreting things as if it's God, but it's really not him. We need to hear God's voice. Because when it's dark, we need to be able to recognize His voice. It comes from every day faithfully walking with Him. So that we're able, in the messiness of life, to be able to bring our troubles to God because we trust Him. And because we trust God, we can bring our troubles to Him. They go hand in hand. And it's a result of really taking God serious every day of our lives. It's not just a gift to ourselves. Do you know lament is a gift to other people? It leads us to our last question. How can our lament help others? It was very risky for Naomi to be able to question God in front of her daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. See, Orpah and Ruth come from Moab and they worshiped the gods of Moab. How do I know that? Well, in the verse, we see that Naomi says to Orpah and Ruth, look, you can just go back to your old life. You can go back to your old gods. I'm not going to fault you. Go back home. Don't come with me. I'm a mess. (laughs) You don't want me. And the girls could have been like, yeah, we do not want to be with her, nor do we want to ever know what her God is like, because look what her God has done in this situation. And so Naomi says, just go back home. And Orpah's like, okay. So Orpah goes back home. And it says she's going back to Moab and to worship the gods of Moab. But Ruth stays. Now you may think, well, Ruth stays because she wants to be a good daughter in law. She lost her husband and she wants to forge this new life with Naomi. And that's partly true. But something else happens too. Here's what happens. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. And here it is. Your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said, nothing more. Not only does Ruth tell Naomi, Naomi, I want to go with you. I want to be with you. She also says, and I want your God. I want to believe this God that you believe in. Why does she do that? Because of Naomi's lament. You see, all of us in this room and in this world have two things in common. One, we experience pain. And two, we try to make sense of it. And we try to deal with it. And sometimes we don't know how to do that. That's why many of us are addicted to certain things. It's the reason we want to numb pain out by alcohol or drugs or food or our phones or pornography because we're in pain and we don't know how to deal with it. And so we try to deal with it, and oftentimes in the wrong way. And Naomi says, Look, I am going to deal with it by bringing my troubles to God. And it's going to get messy and it's going to be raw, and it's going to be real, but the reason I can do that is because my God is trustworthy. He is El Shaddai, and Ruth says, I want that. If you're allowed to question your God, but you still can put your faith in him, I want that. If you can yell at God, but at the end of the day, you still worship him, I want that. The people in your life may come to faith in Christ, by the way that you lament. When you are honest and real and vulnerable about your troubles and you're upset about them and you're angry about them and you're yelling at God and you're real, but at the end of the day, you still put one foot in front of the other and you're still praying and you're still believing and you're still reading the scriptures and you're still coming to church, you're still serving, you're doing all these things. It's incredible. How people who want nothing to do with God or people who are numbing their pain out in different ways look at your faith and say, okay, I need to explore that. Because you're real, but you haven't given up. When you and I are walking closely with God and when pain comes our way, not only do we get to experience the faithfulness of God by the way we lament, so can the people around you. Your faith has a direct impact on others, even when you're going through a hard time. Are you willing to allow that to happen? About 10 years ago, my wife and I had a miscarriage. It was the hardest thing, one of the hardest things, I should say, that we've ever gone through. If you've had a miscarriage, you understand that pain. My wife shared this at the Renewed Women's Gathering last month. My wife has an eating, had, had and still struggles with an eating disorder. She couldn't get pregnant because she wasn't eating enough. So finally she ate enough. She, had the, she got to a weight where she was healthy. And then she got pregnant and lost the child. And I remember being with my wife on the ground and just holding her and just sobbing with her. She is just going through the unthinkable for a woman. And during that time, we clung to a song by Gunger called Beautiful Things. And that song expresses pain and sorrow and hurt and questioning, but at the end of the day, the song says, but you can make a garden out of this dirt. You can make something beautiful out of brokenness. I remember that Christmas One of my artist friends uh, took a picture from our wedding and, and drew it on this canvas and then around it put the lyrics to beautiful things on it. Because we needed to remember that even though we're going through this pain, we can trust God that something beautiful can come out of it. Isn't that what happened on the cross for Jesus? Jesus suffered, he was tortured. He took on our sin. He took on death itself. But three days later, a beautiful garden came up from the ground. Jesus rose from the dead. And because of that, we have a picture of saying, God, we can come to you with our pain, but we can also come to you with our trust, knowing that you want both. So what I want you to do is I want you to take your communion cups that you were given. If you didn't get one, you can uh, raise your hand or there's some in the back. We'll get you one. There's a couple people here, Liz, I think around here that don't have one, so we'll get you one. You're going to take communion whenever you're ready. And I want to just remind you that this cracker represents Jesus' body broken for you on the cross. The blood spilled by Jesus is symbolized by the juice The blood spilled brought us into a fullness of relationship with the Father through Jesus. But I don't want you to take this until you're ready to bring your authentic self to Christ. And then in that saying, I trust you. That you can make beautiful things out of brokenness. You know, later in the book of Ruth, spoiler alert, things start to get better. And Ruth trusted that they would, but in that moment she couldn't see it and so all she could do is lament. May we do the same thing. And I'm gonna ask you to stand and sing along with this song and believe it in your soul.
1: hope is spring up from this oh thank you, that you are a God we can lament to, we can pour our hearts out to, that you're a God also we can trust. And so we express that trust to you now. Don't let us be shaken. Help us cling to you. We love you and we pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You are dismissed.